LDB, 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 LDB. Good afternoon, LDB. Uh, good to be back after a couple weeks off. Uh, you might notice you got a different voice hosting the show this week. Uh, no Chris just there this week, but the rest of us are here. Uh, so everyone say hi, uh, Mr. Becker. How's it going, guys? Happy to be here. Sean, how you doing? Good. Good to see you all. It's been a minute for me, so glad to be back. And then uh, joining us for the second time this year, we have Mr. Ian Amelkin here, and uh, we are going to spend pretty much the entire episode talking about the power ranks. How are you doing, Ian? Good. Hi, everybody. Good to have you back on. Thank you so much. I thought you were about to stay, say that we'd spend the entire episode talking about Jared Kelnick. The power <laughs> rankings is a worthy topic as well. <laughs> We're, we're going to get to Kalanick. Uh, I, I, I put Ian, Ian's team is on the docket partly because I want to talk about Jared Kalanick. So we'll, we'll get there uh, in not too long. But before we get into the individual teams, I wanted to talk to Ian just kind of about, we talked to him about process uh, at the beginning of the season and the preseason power rankings. And so I'm curious from your perspective, you know, five weeks in or a quarter of the season in now, you know, actually closer to 30% given it's, Sunday afternoon and we have a good sense of where this week is going to end up but so how when you're when you're putting together these rankings how do you factor in kind of what's happened so far this season versus what was expected from these teams before the season right so so the first thing I do is I um, make a chart with uh, offense pitching and overall roto and breakdown, which I think is a helpful stat, which basically says how you would do against any given team so far throughout the season, which CBS tracks for us. And, um, and then I look at the standings and I map out if the season ended at the point in the power rankings, who would be what seed. And then I compare it to um, what I did in the preseason or the prior rankings, if it's the half or the three quarters rankings. And from there, kind of, it's easy to kind of do the bottom and the top and in the middle take some digging. Uh, but that's pretty much how I do it. I mean, I think that standings do matter. Um, the fact that, you know, you and uh, Becker are 12 games ahead of Josh, for example, is a big deal. I don't, I don't think that... Um, a wild card will be just will be as likely for him given that there's a second team in the other division that has already a, a, a week's worth of points in the standings ahead of him. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, do, you, do you really do you look at projections at all? Uh, you know, or at whether projections have, have changed since the beginning of the season or, or you know, the, the, what teams were projected to do at the beginning of the season versus what, it, what they've actually done? I never look at projections, both in my individual prep or in these power rankings. Um, I mean, occasionally I'll look like for guys who um, I expect to come up and I just have no idea kind of what like, you know, somebody who's killing it in the minors, like what you'd expect them to do for the rest of the season. Like you're in Mercedes, who I didn't really know anything about. I had to kind of, you know, I looked at what they thought he'd do, you know, going forward. 
but for the most part, you know, I watch a fair amount of baseball and I also just, I'm lucky enough to have a pretty strong memory when it comes to like, who's good at what. And I just, I go off feel to some degree, but I think that's why like, you know, I, I've run into trouble in the past, sometimes trading for prospects whose stars have dwindled a bit and I didn't, you know, catch that yet, you know, or something like that. So there are some limitations to my process, but I think for the most part, uh, these power rankings are a fair representation of where things are at this point. I gotta say, I, mean, I, am, I am very impressed. Um, <laughs> I, it seemed like you knew more about my team than I did. Uh, especially some of the stats that you had to, I'm sure, create and dig for, like uh, number of starts and number of innings, like that, that takes work. And I hadn't even recognized that. So thank you for sharing that. But just thank you overall for the amount of effort you put in. You got it. Well, I was looking forward to doing your team because I, you know, I sniffed out what uh, strategy you were running, even though you didn't make it explicit. Guys, this is not about my team. We're not going to talk about the Titans this week. I thought we established this on the and show. I, 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 and I, I just wanted to see what the numbers looked like. It was even more uh, intense after uh, four weeks than it was after five weeks. I think maybe you had to throw a few more starters in week five than you did in prior weeks. But I, look, I mean, it's working for you right now. It's exciting. Um, you know, people have tried different gambits over the years. Uh, you know, some, I, I think... Uh, VJ used to really go OBP speed and runs. Um, that's something that I've always been attractive to. Like I never, like, I tend to not go after home run hitters who have low OBPs, which, and Star seems to always have those guys on his team. So, it, you know, it's interesting to, you know, see what people's preferences are, but it's exciting to see, you know, you doing so well without really any high price pitching at all. Thank you, Ian. Oh, man. It's exciting for me as well. Freddie Peralta is is like just surpassing expectations, like start after start, though. You know, like time, he, he may not have, may not have any high price pitchers, but you you may have an ace there, in Freddie Peralta. <laughs> which is, um, does anyone else have anything in general to uh, to ask Ian, or else we can just kind of dive in and kind of start at the at the back and work our way down? No, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's just let's just dive right in here. So I think the way we're going to do this here is we're going to kind of work our way down from 16 to one um, and not do a deep dive on everybody, um, but kind of stop periodically and do some deeper dives on a handful of kind of more interesting teams, I think. Um, so I don't think we need to spend too much time talking about the busters Um uh, about Ray's team, um, you know, I think we all kind of know what's going on there. But I did very quickly want to stop on the box. Um, you know, the box are over 500. They're not doing super great in Roto, but they are not at the bottom of the league. Um, and they're uh, holding serve with the choice again this week. So, uh, oh, actually, looks like that that, that matchup went from six six to eight four since <laughs> he started. But um, yeah, that, yeah, I hit a home run. Uh, but, but, but I got, I, I got I, Aguilar I, going right now, though, so hopefully he'll even it out. Nice. So I, I want to get your perspective and everyone else's perspective, Ian. You know, this, this team seems to be playing uh, above expectations, if nothing else. Um, 
you know, you got there's some guys in the minor leagues you might we might want to talk about. Uh, you know, is is there is there any chance that there may be some sort of effort to uh, to go for it and and make something of this season? Let's, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Uh, well, I think that I'm not not going for it, but uh, it's 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 an open question, honestly. Like, uh, what? I have a lot of pitching and I think that my starters are going to make, are, are going to get offers as the season goes on. I mean, um, Ryan Weathers has been terrific. Uh, Madison Bumgarner's after like one or two Rocky starts has been like maybe the best pitcher in the national league this month. Um, crazy. it's crazy. Um, and, uh, Davies seems to try to and Domingo German, German has been excellent, really excellent. So, I mean, I, here's what I'm thinking. If sale and Syndergaard come back in June and I'm still in it, I, I might not sell, but I, I don't, I mean, I'm going to promote Rosario as a super two for sure because he is rule five eligible and he's the only, and I might promote crochet was pitching to a sub one ERA and has been pretty damn good out of the pen. But other than that, I'll probably hold. I, I, I don't see a universe in which Jared Klinik comes up. You, you and- Stop you and Be- it. You and Stop Be- it. <laughs> you and Becker are, you know, what? Nine points ahead of me. You both have way better offenses than me. It just seems like if, if he was the missing piece to the puzzle, sure. But, like, I don't really have a second baseman. I don't really have a shortstop. I don't really have two out of three outfielders, and my second use spot is weak. So there's so much on offense that needs to be done that even if my pitching ends up in the top half of the league, I think I'd be better to just avoid McQueenies, maybe get some future value for some of my guys and call it a day. But I'm having a lot of fun, like – I, I do think that 162 game season that, you know, doesn't feel like you're holding your breath for cancellations is a lot more fun than 2020. Like I thought, so, go ahead. Sorry, Sean. No, sorry. I thought you were finishing up on that point, but I was just going to say, so like if sale and, and Thor are like popping in July, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a duo. Yeah. So is your, are you saying that you would just assume that pitching would kind of carry you into the playoffs and then you kind of try to get lucky and not worry about you know, pop and Kalanick open there, or are you yeah, maybe, I, mean, I feel like there's a thread here. We can, I think that's right. Imagine I mean, it. You know, like I, I don't foresee anything better in a wild card. Like when I did my bold prediction that I have a shot to make the playoffs, it was in part based upon uh, the depth of pitching staff that I had. And what I, what I forecasted, you know, projected as, you know, as a high OBP team that might steal runs and OBP if, and sometimes steals, but that's not really been working out. My, my OPS is like a 650 for the season. I think that my uh, team is not nearly as good as my record. Almost two teams miss innings against me so far. <laughs> like it's, uh, it's, it's been going well, but it hasn't been. I, and, and, you know, I've have been aggressive. Like I've, I've promoted one, two, three, four, I've promoted four guys already and I'm going to promote a fifth. So it's not like I'm punting on the season, but I, you know, things could happen. I mean, Austin Nola had a big night last night. 
if he starts hitting as expected and my offense could like, and Austin Riley is actually having a sneaky good year. I don't know if you've noticed he's, his OBP has improved significantly and he's not hitting for as much power, but I would kind of rather him get on base. I mean, and Trout has been all world. He's been phenomenal. I mean, there's a chance. Like I, you know, Brophy's probably going to beat me 8-4. I mean, it's, it's just going to. Yeah, it's, it's a situation where you set yourself up, you know, you kind of set yourself up for success for next year, but if, you know, and, and you've overperformed, you know, record-wise, you overperformed so far, but if the overperforming continues until like week 11 and you're still hovering around 500, this certainly is an interesting team with all the guys who, you know, could get called up or, or you know, the, and, and the pitchers who may be back in the second half of the season. So I don't know. It's, yeah. I, 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 was, I was willing to count you out, you know, out, out the gate and it's it's gone a lot better than i've expected and now i think there's reason to think that you know you're not totally out of it and maybe did yourself a disservice in ranking yourself 15th when i think there's an argument you could have at least been a spot or two ahead of that yeah but just like like when i ranked you 16 a couple of years ago when you sold like i sold i sold probably my best pitcher and brew baker to you so i, I knock a person for that because it doesn't show show the resolve to the desire you know I mean, I, I think that trade is going to be an exciting trade for the next few years. I'm really interested to see, you know, if 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 we both end up regretting it or being happy with it. But Ian, would you consider trading Trout? No. You. I mean, I would. Him, I, would I would trade. I would trade Trout for like, like a top ten offense guy who is. Um, plus future value. So yes, yeah, I'll trade anybody, but like, like Dubner and I have joked around about a trade for me to get Soto for Trout. And it's like, I have to throw so much on top of Trout to get to the H contract. It's like, probably not worth it. My goal is to um, have, you know, the 15 million or so that I have right now to pay down his salary next year. Um, so, I, you know, my goal is to keep my money basically for that reason. I ask because I have a uh, buddy in my home league who every year seems to draft Trout um, in order to use him as a, as a high-priced chip and get like four guys in return. And that's, it, it, it is an interesting strategy, but yeah, I, I would bank his production if I were you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to say, I really love owning him. I've never owned Mike Trout. I've always watched him like destroy me. And it's just fun to like have a guy that good. I haven't had a guy that good since maybe my first season with Jose Ramirez before I traded him to you. Um, uh, and that was kind of like out of nowhere, but I've never had like a true top offensive guy. I've had top pitchers. I've had the Grom and Kershaw, but I've never had um, someone like Trout. The, you know, I mean, I gave up in what my opinion was a fair, you know, a fair amount for him too. Like I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good um and is probably going to be like a star offensive outfielder in fantasy baseball that relies on on obp and um so i i think um I, my, my hope is to hold him for next season for sure i mean if i'm bad next season i'll definitely sell him at the deadline because uh something went wrong you know just seeing how learning has done so far not great so far but it's way too early um, uh, anything else on Ian's team or else we can kind of move on to the next team that I wanted to talk about. Um, I do want to ask so, about Kelnick again and Ian, I, you know, apart from whether you plan to promote him, 
And I'll, I'll note here that you have a very satisfied smile on your face for the, for the listeners at home. Um, I want to know uh, whether you watched, I guess it was his, his debut, but also his second game where he homered and doubled twice. And uh, your, your thoughts watching that. Well, I did buy MLB TV once he was promoted. So that, <laughs> yeah, that tells you something that you need to know. I normally hold out for Father's Day because they give it for 50 bucks for the rest of the season, but they sent me a $65 offer and I was like, all right, let's go. Um, you know, what, what I was surprised by, I'm interested to hear what you guys think if you saw him. He He's physically the most similar to Trout of any of these young guys that I've seen, like the way he's built. He looks like a freaking like middle, like a small little middle linebacker like but skinnier um i mean that home run was sick it was sick and the the first pitch that he hit could have gone out if it had stayed fair so i mean i'm super excited about him i watched i mean i definitely watched the first game because i wanted to see gilbert pitch i've only like seen clips of and he's on my team too um i'm excited about him i think that it seems like he's going to be what you know, the prognost- prognosticators expect him to be like a true, like star uh, fantasy outfielder, but, you know. Can we go back to when you drafted him? I think it was the 19 draft. It might've been 18. I think it was 19. And uh, I, I had two picks before you even chose him, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, I'm not going to blame myself too much because I ended up with Wander and Jazz Chisholm. Uh, but I remember when you picked him, maybe two picks after I selected Jazz, and he wasn't even on my radar. Now he should have been clearly, but uh, what, what did you know going into that 2019 draft? And um, I assume it had something to do with you being a Mets fan, uh, but tell me about uh, what you were thinking when you drafted him. So for that, that's the, that draft is the most I've ever been prepared for anything in fantasy baseball, which goes to shell you. Cause I am like, I mocked, you know, our auction, like every night for the two weeks prior to the auction. So like, I was incredibly prepared for this double A draft because I had the two picks from you and I had um, another pick and I never have that many picks. And I, there were like a few guys that I knew I really wanted. And I had um, uh, Kalenic as fourth on the board. And Star and I had talked about like, you know, you know, cause I, you know, I was excited about him. Like the Mets, I knew a lot about him because the Mets basically like, you know, did this awful trade where we got Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz for him and uh, Justin Dunn, right? Justin Dunn. And, yeah, um, Justin Dunn. and uh, we, we traded like that uh, a reliever with a, a Z in his name. I forget who it was for Zach or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, so Mets talk radio was following him pretty regularly. And like, you know, the Mets blogs talked about him. So I, I had a sense that he was a polished hitter and that, you know, they were always talking about makeup with him, which is something I don't really buy into, but how hardworking he was and how much bulk he had built up. And they thought he was going to be even more of a power hitter. Plus he had great approach. So I was excited about him. I mean, other guy, I, you know, that draft, obviously Franco was going to go one and then Alonzo or Mize was going to go two. And then uh, Jorve cut the line a bit with Chris Paddock at three. And then I got lucky because Mark had like, what he, he, he had guys that he really wanted. He wanted Brunyan and, and Lux. And I didn't have those guys as high. I mean, Lux I had higher than Brunyan, 
So after Verdun. that, uh, you're about Verdun, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible. Okay. I'm, I'm like the worst at pronunciation. So I, I mean, I just I, I I traded up to get into 14, and then I, I I remember an email exchange where I thought about shopping the pick, and Star was just like, "You traded up to take him, just take him." And I was like, "You know what? Stop playing games, take him." I thought about taking him at nine. I just looked and I took Jonathan India instead. Did. So that didn't work out. <laughs> hey, that yeah. might work out. And I knew I knew Hughes was going to take Dustin May, and it made. And I thought uh, I, I was joking with Matt that uh, Peterson was going to take Rutschman because he had like already Ruiz and Cisco in Double A, and he did. So and then uh, and then you know Patino was an interesting choice by uh, Chris. I, it made sense. You know, the, the one that I, I've wanted back was picking Nate Lowe over Andrew Vaughn. That was a real toss-up for me. And now Lowe is having a terrific start to his year. So 2019 A draft will always be special for me, no matter what happens. I also picked Dominguez. So we'll see what shakes yeah, up. I, I, I did want to say on Kelnick, uh, he, he's definitely, he's bigger than I realized for sure, but I don't, he's not trout size, but I, there, there's, I, you watch him swing the bat and it looks a lot like he has that like sweet, like perfect swing, like Chris and Yelich has. And that that's the guy I think you're kind of thinking maybe this is where Kelnick ends up, um, you which, you know, that's not a bad outcome. If, if that's where, that's no, where he doesn't have to be Mike Trout. Of course, no one's going to be Mike Trout, but the way he's kind of like boxy, you know, like, yeah, the power is in his legs. I've been real impressed with the way he uses uses his legs in a swing. I mean, it's a gorgeous swing. I'm, I'm a lefty and I was never particularly a great hitter, but I, I admire lefties who can, who have a just beautiful swing. He reminds me a little of Griffey. Wow. That's high praise. I saw this thing about Griffey. Um, did you know that he was in high school? He tried to kill himself because of the pressure of baseball. No, gosh. Yeah, oh, wow. I saw that on Reddit the other day. He took uh, 240 pills. They, they pumped his stomach. He felt like his dad was like just basically being emotionally abusive. Wow. You always think of Griffey as so like love of the game. Just perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't get starstruck very often covering baseball, but um, I did have the pleasure of interviewing him, like I guess when, in one of his last years, the Reds. Might have even been with the White Sox. Wasn't he with the White Sox for like a, a second? Uh, it, might, it was probably the Reds, but um, yeah. It, I, I grew up idolizing that guy and just having a conversation with him. I was like, Oh man, I'm talking to Ken Griffey jr. This is awesome. That's I didn't get that talking to a rod <laughs> <laughs> like this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's continue. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, glad we discussed Jared Kelnick unless Ian has any final no, thoughts about that? That's all. Uh, it's it's fun to talk about my team. You know, I think about them a lot, so it's fun to be here on the, the pod talking about them. <laughs> I'm very upset about Yaz hitting that home run. I'm sure that the federal Sean is not happy about it either. Now it's going to go from eight four to six six to eight four. You know, I haven't even been. I, I kind of just assume the the choice are a little bit out of reach right now. <clears throat> I don't want to skip ahead to my team. I, I will. I will comment on your matchup with Brophy if if we talk about my team. But I think we we want to talk about Nate's team next, right, Star? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we we've talked about Hughes at length. We've talked a good amount good about good amount about Pearson's team. Uh, so I think Nate at twelve was the team that jumped out at me as the next one that I wanted to talk about. 
Um, that was, and, and I'll be honest, I thought that I thought Ian maybe underranked him. It, I, I thought this might have been a, a an extreme reaction to where Nate was preseason. Um, so I, I'm cur- I'm curious to to talk a little bit more about it. And I can I can kind of just give you my perspective. I think this team had a lot of talent coming into the season. It was projected to do very well. Um, really kind of stumbled out the gate with injuries and some guys underperforming. But this team, over the, if you look at his numbers over the last three weeks, is pretty much exactly kind of what I expected they would be at the gate. You know, he was hovering at 500 coming into this week. Looks like he's going to win again this week. Uh, he's up 8-4 on Sean, actually. <laughs> um, and I, I think this team is is right back in it. And I thought 12 was maybe a slight overreaction to a slow start that was, I think, primarily injury-driven. That I, And I think those injuries are largely resolving themselves now. I guess my, I assume... I guess my reaction is just that the, 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 the 11 teams ahead of him are doing better right now, and I felt a little bit more confident about them. It wasn't so much a, a knock on Nate, but, I mean, I think that the ranking, Maeda has just been awful. He was terrible again today. Um, oh, was he? Yeah, he uh, and I ha- I I went hard for him in my other league, so I I I, I liked Maeda. I thought he was minus nineteen MGS. Um, so I just worry when you have, you know, more than you know twenty. What is it? Um, twenty twenty percent of your salary tied up in a guy that's just not getting it done, and he on a team that might have already had weeks starting pitching, but. The, the, ba- the balance to that is that Trevor Rogers might be like an SP one or an SP two. So you can't, you, you, and Zach Wheeler is pitching some of the best baseball of his career. Um, so, you know, if he has to bench Maeda for a little bit, it's not the end of the world. I mean, he, he's pitching to a 2.3 ERA this week as a team. So that's pretty good for Nate's team. I feel like to me, I, I understood the ranking if only just because he has a lot of, like you said, a lot of good teams in the, you know, in the standings ahead of him. And so he's got some ground to, to cover, even though he's hovering at 500. I mean, you know, he's got star and Becker above him in the standings. He's got the aids and the works um, that he'll have to compete with. So I, I feel like he does have a very solid team. Um, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us are probably wishing we had drafted Trevor Rogers. I, I vaguely recall during the, the live auction, um, making an offhand comment about Keith law, dropping a new piece on him and then driving up the price. Cause I had gone into the auction, hoping maybe he'd go for like five or 6 million. I think star felt the same way. And, I felt uh, exactly the same way. Once it yeah. surpassed 10, I was like, Whoa, where are we going with this? But you know what? It's it, yeah, it's working out and he, he's legit. <laughs> Also, boy, does it look like we all missed in the double A draft on letting that guy go undrafted. Uh, he was eligible, and no, no one seemed to have any interest in him. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kiner Falefa is probably one of the best buys in the in the auction. I mean, for one million, he's he's performing like a top forty player. He gets his steals. I'm not sure if he has catcher eligibility in, in our league. Not anymore. Uh, he, he, is, he is playing out of his mind. The, 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 the running is just so helpful. I mean, yeah. nobody's seven still. Yeah, year. seven is solid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, where, where is seven in the major league league? That's probably like top five in the majors right now. Yeah, there are. Yeah, it's tied for fourth. 
with Trey Turner and a bunch of other guys. But yeah, I mean that's that's impressive. You know, and Nate Nate has both Alex Verdugo and Ian Anderson. He has some of like the most impactful double A guys that I I assume he's going to call up at the deadline too. So I don't know. As having him in my division, I was happy to see and get off to that slow start, uh, put some distance. But like this team is a threat, I think, and I think it's going to be, you know, a very real playoff contender for the don't rest. Don't forget of the about season. Senzel. Senzel's in the minors as well. Yeah, I I don't actually think Senzel's very good, but he you know he 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 exists and he's not terrible. <laughs> uh, but if for a team that could use some depth, I think maybe he'll bring him up too. I mean, it's just I. I, I did debate whether, um, you know, Anton should be 12 and Nate should be 11, but Anton is actually beating Nate in Roto, was actually beating Nate in Roto and um, beating Nate in breakdown. So yeah. on close calls like that, you know, I, I was much more fond of, of uh, Anton's team, had him preseason four, so I just felt, like I should still give him the nod at the quarter, but of course at the halfway point, you know, it seems to me like around the halfway point is when, when I start putting out those rankings, like the teams who are like, Oh, maybe I should stick it out. Kind of like read about the teams ahead of them. And they're like, all right, I'm selling. And, then, <laughs> you know, and like at that point, you kind of have an, you know, a better sense of the, you know, the buyers and the sellers than you do right now. I don't foresee Nate selling. Right. Like, no, absolutely not. So, 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 not. No. No. So, uh, and, and what's interesting is that Ryan might maybe should sell Aaron Nola, but I don't think that he, you know, you're going to have to track him down. It's not like he's going to come to you with the offer and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. He could, he could be the best pitcher out there available for, to get at the deadline here. Yeah. Well, um, if my team keeps it up, maybe. Maybe Shane Bieber. That would be a little spicy. Ooh, definitely spicy. Definitely spicy. Yeah, Sorry, you, you said you want to segue that? there. <laughs> yeah, so that, that seems like a good. That seems like a good transition to talking about your team, Sean. Um, you know how I, I think you have to feel a little disappointed. I, I think the Zach Gallon injury has obviously had a lot of impact here, unfortunately. But yeah, you know, how do you how do you think your team is looking right now, and what do you expect from them going forward? Yeah, you know I. I I, I can't question my process going into the season. I felt like I had two top 15 pitchers. Um, Luzardo still has some development. He has, he wasn't great, but, you know, he got injured after putting together a couple of good starts, hopefully he comes back soon. But, you know, I feel like I assembled like a decent back end staff to mix and match. And then bullpen BJ wise has been pretty bad, but, you know, I think these are some good high K arms. So I feel like, you know, the pitching side, it, it's underperformed a bit, partly due to injury, you know, maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, bad luck here and there, um, or ch- poorly chosen tactical st- spot starts. And then, you know, I like the offense as well, but George Springer along with Gallon has been, I think Springer's played like two, three, four games. He's hit, he hit several home runs in the games that he did play, but he just, he hasn't been, been playing. And, um, you know, it's, it hasn't been the best luck, uh, injury wise, but I'm hanging in there, you know, to be honest, a few days ago when I realized we were going to be talking about my team, I was like, Oh God, like I was losing 10, two to Nate and, you know, that could still happen here, but I, I woke up this morning and I hadn't been checking the other federal union matchups. And I realized that union is just kicking our ass right now. And it's, it's possible that I could lose four, eight here 
or even three, nine and gain a little bit of ground on some of my competitors <laughs> in federal. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like coming into this week, not far out of the playoffs. So, you know, I actually think like, well, you know, maybe I'm, I've lived to fight another week. Um, but you know, one of my favorite stories this year for my team is Carson Kelly. I mean, that guy's been phenomenal. I think he, he has maybe the second best OBP in baseball to, to trout, you know, he's, got great plate discipline numbers, you know, the exit velocity isn't like elite or anything, but it's fine. And he's hit, he's elevating the ball. Like, and he just, he just got injured. So I was like, God damn it. Um, so a bunch of guys who haven't even hit the IL sometimes they've just been missing a bunch of games. So it's just, it's been like, I just haven't felt like I've gotten into that third, even third or fourth gear with the team, but uh, you know, hanging in there. So curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Definitely would consider a fire sale at like mid season if it's not going well, but uh, you know, this, <laughs> It's still very competitive. No question. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I think my, my general thought, as I said, was that um, it's not so much you, it's the guys around you that are kind of doing better, you know, that dropped you in the rankings. Because um, you have gotten a lot of value out of like, you know, you definitely are doing great on that Randall Gritcher. <laughs> don't, don't worry, I messed it up when before we got on the phone, so. Great. <laughs> You know, Brandon Belt, who I who I was targeting, who I thought was going to be good, has been excellent. Josh Rojas is having a great year. And then like your offense, your you know, you know, story endeavors are both perform well. So, you know, you get Springer back, it really adds a spring to your offense. Um, and um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, outside of Bieber, with Gallon hurt, Luzardo hurt. I'm a little concerned about the pitching. You know, Wade Miley is not going to be uh, the answer for you. Even I, I actually good. threw Wade Miley this week at Coors, knowing it was going to be a disaster, just because I lost three starts at the last minute. And I was like, I think I might have to do this just to make innings. But I was also getting my ass kicked on pitching side. So I was like, okay, how bad can this go? And he went from the no-hitter to like eight earned runs and just, you know, a terrible <laughs> start, which you could have completely predicted. But yeah, you can predict that for Wade. I'm happy you got a no-hitter, though. Good for him. Yeah, good, good for Wade Miles. I, I, I was just going to say, um, you know, I, I think you've had about as bad injury luck as anybody, just in terms of, like, major players suffering somewhat serious injuries. I don't know what the prognosis for Springer and Gallon are. I think, you know, you like you said, you've kind of kept your head above water despite that. If you can get those guys back and continue to stay in the mix, you know, I think I don't think the team is out of it by any stretch. But I think eventually you're going to need those guys back if you're you know, going to make a run here. Yeah, I think Springer may be back within a couple of weeks. Same with Gallon. I, I don't know. An elbow sprain is never what you want to read, but the, the prognosis so far has been been pretty good. But um, but yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll check back in at midseason. And uh, and if it's not looking good, you know, I, I don't think I would trade Bieber is just so valuable. But, you know, just let's keep it spicy. Let's let's keep it in the mix. Maybe. It's got a good price, right? That's the thing, like. I mean, if, if you had the chance, knowing what DeGrom uh, was going to do this season, would you have paid more than $80 million for him if he was in the auction? Not me, but... I mean, somebody might have paid 75 though, right? Oh, so yeah. You, you, you have Bieber, who's up there with him and Cole as the top three, and you got him for $30 million less, so that that's thank you for crazy. thank you for making the market here ahead of the yeah it's good. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more in five weeks <laughs> becker do you have anything to add on, on the wind no just that, that i think you had a really great draft 
mean, you, you really nailed some low price guys who are coming through. I think Alzale is having a great year. We talked about Carson Kelly. You traded for Gritchick. The problem is the, the big, the big ticket stars. I mean, when you invest a lot of money, um, it, and it, and it doesn't, you don't get value from that. It's really tough to recover. And I think the fact that you're around 500 is a testament to that, that draft you had. Yeah. I'd say two things to that point. One is, you know, I think everyone had Matt Boyd fatigue and, uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, and Dubner is now benefiting from that, I think, because although he gave up, you know, a very valuable piece, for him, you're hurting a little bit on, on, on so far losing that Boyd trade. But what I like, I, I think what you did that was good is that you noticed something that I think not everybody realized before the auction got started, which is that there was going to be a lot of scarcity and there wasn't much there. And you'd basically just basically, you know, bet on the guys that you believed in preseason that you could trade for. And I thought that, you know, my trades with you, at least, I think were very value, you know, were good values for you. Like people were, came back and said, I didn't know you'd throw in Hosmer at that amount of money. Like uh, I would have definitely, because I, I was shopping Kepler to anybody who would listen for five, six million. And then I threw in Hosmer to get the money. And then everybody was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I would have, you know, so I think that you know, that was, that was good value for you. Uh, you know, I just, like, like, like we've said, you know, it's a tough year to be in the federal with um, uh, the quality of those teams. It's, it's a fun year though. It's yeah. fun. And, and, you know, if you go down swinging against these other competitors, you can't feel too bad. Yeah. It's funny on Boyd. I, I, you know, I, I agree. Like I was literally like, yeah, I, I'm happy to keep him at, at the minimum, but I wasn't expecting a lot, but lottery ticket type player. And he has been good, but he's not paying many guys. He's like got six plus K per nine, which I'm sure is not what, Dubner expected when he traded for him, but yeah, so far so good. I, I like the guy. He seems like a really good person in, in general, actually very charitable. So uh, hopefully that continues for Dubner. And yeah, I definitely enjoyed our trades always do. Um, and like, like you said, like the ability to lock in a bit on the players that I want pre-auction if I can, you know, so I think that worked out in my favor. And yeah, like you said, Becker, I mean, you can't, you can't lose the big ticket players for the whole season and and it and, and still compete so you know hopefully they come back and if not you know we'll uh, we'll do a little fire sale yeah I, I will say i will say just real quick on boyd i he's an interesting guy and he's a, a a change up first guy who does who is missing fewer bats than normal but i think there is a piece of that that seems to be somewhat intentional and that he's his changeup usage is the highest it's ever been, and changeups are notorious for inducing weak contact. And if you look at his Statcast page, he's like near the top of the league and like you know barrel rate against, exit velocity against. He seems to be very intentionally, you know, pitching more to contact and not trying to miss bats. And he seems to be working for him. I mean, his, his xERA is higher than his 194 ERA, but it's also a lot lower than like his xFIP is. You know, that you, you would think it to be. Yeah, I think I think what I haven't been looking at him too closely since he's not on my team anymore. But I think the slider is what's kind of missing. I mean, I think it's not quite performing as well as it has. And so if he can get that change up and the slider going, then then watch out. Then the K's could start coming back, and that ERA could stay low. I mean, avoiding the home runs, all that. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. He's all. It seems like he's always tweaking what he's doing, and you know, real real heady pitcher. Um, so uh, talking about 
some of the competition in the federal, I think maybe, you know, and I'd like to say right now we're going to have him on next week, but perhaps the most surprising team in the federal got to be the roof. Uh, and uh, we can talk about it a little bit more with Mark next week, but just curious to get your guys' assessment of what the roof has done so far and the fact that they are right there in the mix kind of to, <laughs> to the surprise of probably everyone, maybe even Mark. The roof is on fire. Let the motherfucker burn. I mean, he's getting spanked by Dubner this week. Um, so that's going to change things a little bit for him. But I, I, I just think that the DeGrom-Woodruff combo has been absolutely killer. And um, the Mercedes pickup has been truly excellent for a team that would have had a scrub in that spot on offense. And my man, Robbie Grossman, has been excellent. And then, you know, he's got a few guys that are overperforming. I mean, I thought that the Chris, I thought that the Chris Bryant buy was like so on Mark, like $29 million for Chris Bryant for Mark, but then seems to have paid off really well for him. Did anyone else notice the name change? Oh, did he go back? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. He, no, he's yeah. still Mirage, yeah. From that was that was a reference to the podcast, didn't Chris refer to him that? Is it, right? Is that? I think so. Yeah, I think that that he changed that after Chris called him a mirage. <laughs> That's funny. Mirage. Because, you know, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say he's you know he was losing twelve nothing to Dubner before. Now it's nine three. He's he's made he's made a little of that ground back. So this might not be as ugly as it was. I was just gonna say it's funny that Chris said that because. Chris's complaint was that I underranked Mark in the power rankings. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, gotten, I mean, I, I think he's gotten that, some nice buys. Um, Buster Posey, that's that's working yeah. out real well. He's I think Posey's been even better than than Carson Kelly in terms of surprise catchers. Um, Brian, I guess yeah, I kind of agree. It's sort of a mark, but you know maybe he just figured that he was due for a bounce back and he could get him at a slight discount for future years. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, th- th- those top two pitchers, I mean, that, that's really the story, I think for the most part. And I think, I think it's the top, it's the top two pitchers, but the offense, when I ran projections, this offense was projected to be garbage, like, like bottom of the league. And the fact that the offense is kind of hanging around and it's not been outstanding by any stretch, but the fact that it is met a middle of the road in terms of Roto, if that can keep up with this pitching, that's enough. And, you know, it's not just, it's not just been DeGrom and, and Woodruff, so they've been outstanding, but, you know, Kyle Gibson seems to be somewhat legit. Taiwan Walker is pitching really well uh, as well. Now those guys are, are, you know, maybe a little over their heads, but have also kind of really helped keep this team afloat. You know, he's got, if Mark ever decided, as we said, as we said a million times, if Mark ever decided he wanted to push it in, you know, he's got the trade chips, he's got Severino, uh, hanging out on the IL right now, possibly for a second half contribution. Now, there's some legitimacy here. It's a little scary to see. I, I you know, I was I, I, part of my motivation to go hard this season was like, all right, let's get in, let's get in ahead of the the Mark Dynasty, which will start probably in 2022. Looks like maybe we're starting now. Well, it doesn't look like he's quite ready to open up the coffers, but he did offer pick upgrades in an email earlier 
today or yesterday or something. So I was like, ooh, Mark is offering pick upgrades for a relief pitcher. Is that a glimmer of uh, of pushing in some chips? I think May 15th is going to go down in infamy as the day that the roof woke up. You know, like it's <laughs> it's scary to, you know, he has so many firsts. He can, he can literally, um, he can trade for anyone, right? Like his, his he, he can trade, he can offer whatever he wants to, to even guys who aren't se- selling, right? If you get like off Shane Bieber, he could offer something for Shane Bieber. Right, right. <laughs> Started that uh, Anthony Davis deal, like three first rounders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's definitely scary. Um, I'm excited for, for it. I, I, hope he, I hope he does. You know, not try. I hope he does try to win. Like he, he was a playoff team last year in, in 2019, right? Like by accident, kind of. Yeah, I think did he? I forget if he snuck in at the end. He yeah, he was in the wild card. So like, was that the was that the year he won? He won or no? He won the division. I think we, with or the team that when like everyone finished yeah. under 500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it could be back to back playoff years, not counting the ghost season. So. I, I think it'd be good for the league if he uh, loosened the belt, you know, and um, allowed himself to play for this year. Uh, you don't want, you know, you don't want process teams for too long, right? You don't, you, you, you want them to, to, to go for it. So I, I hope that he does, you know, I'm not saying, you know, sell it all. One thing that I think that is maybe would make him pause if I was him is that, you know, Kyle Tucker who came in preseason as a star has not been like, terrific so like the, the he's been much better lately though okay. like look at his numbers in may he had a rough start to the season i think kyle Tucker is just fine now okay so i mean then as a promotion then i think if if you if you want to be taken seriously and um and you want to signal to everyone that you're not punting the season you you super shoot kyle tucker right sounds like a challenge <laughs> yeah Kyle, Kyle Tucker has an 1100 OPS in May. So it's, I, I, I'm not really worried about Kyle Tucker right now. Great. Do it, man. I'm talking to you, Mark uh, Stanberg. Well, <laughs> we will talk to Mark more about this next week. I'm curious to see what his perspective is. Mark had to get permission from his, uh, from his job to come on the podcast. <laughs> he had to talk to the media team the PR team to give, to give him permission to come on to our podcast. Well, I, I applied to be a federal judge and I had to list all of my appearances on my, uh, my, uh, my media, um, my media appearances on the list. <laughs> I called it occasional podcast discussing fantasy baseball. <laughs> Did you really apply to be a federal judge? Yeah. I've interviewed with Schumer and Gillibrand's committees. Get out of here. Yeah. I don't think it's going to work out. But my, uh, an appeal, a person from my appeals office just got the second circuit, so. Oh, oh awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, maybe, maybe not now, but I mean, you're still pretty point. young as far as these things go. That's right. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll talk more about Mark next week, but I wanted to talk about, uh, there's one more team that I definitely want to talk about, which I'm, you know, unfortunately for Josh has been maybe the most, disappointing team so far and that's the aides um who think by i think we all kind of thought this team was going to come in and just run roughshod over union this year it's like the clear best team in union and it just has not been that team thus far and he's losing you know he's got a tough matchup against the dippas he's going to fall even further 
um, with a loss here against the Dippas this week. What do you guys think about Josh? And can he can he right the ship after this kind of tough start and what's turning out to be maybe a bit tougher than expected uh, union? And my take is that it depends entirely on whether or not Becker fades or not. <laughs> so do you think he's going to fade? <laughs> because, you know, we, you know, I don't think that people penciled you in to be 41 and 19. And um, the fade has begun. So Josh will be just fine. <laughs> I see that you're splitting, I don't know, 270 RA this week. Very nice. Maybe you'll pick up a stolen base and... It's, uh, I mean, look, it's terrible what's happening. And then Conforto left today with a hamstring injury. Hicks is hurt and has been awful. That's, uh, that's nearly um, $60 million in no production between the two of them. And yeah, I mean, Tatis is hurt. Tatis is hurt, excuse me. Um, I mean, Sorica has not appeared yet. And six stone is hurt. So yeah, I mean, I, I think Soroka is probably out for the season at this point. They said he had a he he had to have he's going to have to have exploratory surgery, or maybe did have exploratory surgery. It sounds like his season is probably over, though, unfortunately, which is a real bummer. But Soroka's not coming back, or if he does, it's not going to be anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that it would. I mean, look, the the Dippas are a very good team. I wouldn't take too much away from losing to them nine three, but I'd be worried. I'd be worried. The one thing is that um, he's not positioned like Anton is, where it's his Bauer and Snell are in their walk years. Right. right. Like he still has the Machado contract, which is very good. He, he has Tatis. He has um, Bueller for Bueller. two more seasons. I mean, if he wants to pay Scherzer $55 million again next year, he can. He has another year of Marcus Stroman. So this isn't a disaster um, if, if it doesn't work out. I mean, it'd be disappointing if I was him, but I would not, I would not blow up the whole thing. I might just trade Serge, you know, Scherzer. Um, I don't. Yeah, oh, Scherzer's an RFA. It is Bregman. Yeah, Bregman's the other one. So that's and yeah. and Gurriel, who's played like an absolute star so far. But the Bregman Bregman's having it be Bregman's walk year kind of sucks. But he can RFA him. You know, it, it's. It's not good, but I, I think that let's look at his schedule. He needs to have a good week. He needs to like have a good week soon. I mean, I think we're all playing the federal. I think he's, his schedule is not getting easier soon. Uh, if I, if, if it's, if it's anything like my schedule. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got Anton, uh, Jorvi and Mark coming up next. Uh, and his next Ray. two matchups. Yeah. What's interesting. And then Ray. I, I think that's two matchups uh, against Ray left. Yeah, that Anton matchup could be key because if one of them kills the other one, that could foretell a buyer or a seller. But um, yeah. I think it's too early to count Josh as dead. Um, if only because I do think that my team is bad um, and Ray's team is bad. We could all agree on probably, and Ryan's team is bad. 
So we could kind of agree on those three teams not being good. So when you take out three teams, you only have to beat one uh, to make the playoffs. And, you know, who that one team is, you know, Nate is basically has the same record as Josh. So yeah, not after this, not after this week though. Right. No, not uh, after this. Nate's going to win. Nate's going to win big and Josh is going to lose big and that's going to make a big difference in the standings. So next week's matchup with the Polos, Polos will be important. And then the Ray matchups will be important. Um, I feel bad for Ray's team. Like I, I, I know that he really wants to avoid uh, paying the McQueenies, but hopefully he'll get some money in some of these trades. Yeah, I'm curious to see where, where he goes with his trade. Do you think Josh is done or I don't he I he's definitely not done. I, I there's there's too much talent here. He has so many guys who are really underperforming that I feel like you know, Conforto's gotta play better than this. Um Machado's gotta play better than this. These are these are guys who are reliably good players who just have not played as well as as you know, anyone would have expected. And I think I don't see a whole lot of reason that these guys aren't going to write the ship a little bit. I think the, the pitching depth, you know, I'm, you know, unfortunately he was relying on Soroka and also Sixto Sanchez. Uh, you know, Soroka is not coming back. I don't really know what's going on with Sixto. There's been very little news on him, but you know, he didn't have a lot of depth to begin with. And then he, he got some major injuries and better than it was. Um, he's, but he's had to, play a lot of really bad starting pitchers to make innings and it's really dragged down the numbers even though he's got some good guys you know with, even though he's got Bueller and Scherzer at the top and Stroman's playing well and Alex Wood kind of surprisingly is pitching very well too um, but the the like six seven eight guys on this team are a mess and they're, they're better than they were because <laughs> Kohei Arihara who had I don't even know what his ERA was but Josh had to start that guy and Anthony Senzatella Guys with ERAs and the yeah you know, through the stratosphere, but really kind of wrecked this team at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have much to add. I would just say I think I think you know he's he's in the hunt. He's got a very good team. It's too early to panic. The other interesting thing about kind of the, some of the dynamics you were just mentioning Ian, in terms of a few really good guys that are on expiring contracts, like you know Josh could also play for the present and the future. I mean, he could you know maybe he could trade some of that higher present value into some. Uh, you know, a slightly less good player that has a better contract that he could use this year too, and just kind of, you know, play the odds in both seasons. And so I, I could see like, depending on how the market evolves, he could just get creative. I'm not sure if that's what he wants to do, but, um, but I think that would be an interesting approach uh, with a guy like Scherzer or Bregman as well. Yeah, I agree with that. So that was the last team that was on our like definite, Talk, talking about uh you know we're, we're closing in on an hour here but are there any other teams um you know i i, I think talk, jorby's team is kind of interesting in that it's not performing as well as i would have expected even after a good start um to the season and that, that's probably the one the, the last one that's maybe really worth talking about is because this team looked like on paper like he was kind of similar to josh but even more so you know, this looks like the best team by miles coming into the season. The fact that he may come out of this week under 500 is pretty surprising. <laughs> he's actually definitely going to come out of this week under 500 and, and maybe further under 500 than he already is. Yeah, it looks like Hughes' pitching really held up well. 
um, yeah, it's it's shocking um, in part because he has really bad luck. I mean, his to be third in overall roto and to be 27 and 33 at the quarter way mark is just doesn't often happen in fantasy baseball. Like it would, it could happen in football and stuff like that, but uh, you don't see it happening that much here. And um, it's going to be a tough, tough matchup in the, in, in the federal the whole way through. Nothing is going to be given this year there. Hey, where, yeah, where was he in one. the breakdown six? Yeah, I was looking to break down. Yeah, so yeah, it's a lot of bad luck, just matchup luck, and also I will say I, I have I'm a little worried about what I've seen out of Lucas Giolito. I don't know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy has not looked right after he had a couple of good starts to start the season, and he's his ERA has been you know it's up over four and it's kind of sat there after several starts. And I don't really know what's going on. The guy I think Alex expected Cora, to be a top 10 pitcher. I think Alex Cora and the Red Sox, you know, figured out his, his pitches, his tipping, and maybe they've, they've shared it with the rest of the league. And I, I don't know. I just, I remember the one starting out against the Sox where he just got blown up in the first inning. And it was like, this just seems kind of weird. Like what is, what is going on? But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Jorby's going to be fine. I mean, it, it is the dynamics of like, do a couple of the federal contenders fade a little bit and then sell and then give him a little bit more, um, you know, wiggle room there. And then once he gets into the playoffs, I mean, anything is possible. So I think, it, I think he'll be okay. I mean, it, it, the, the thing for me, which, which I love about the playoff format, which of course, yeah, is that the double buy is such a valuable thing to get that that is just as important as sneaking into the playoffs. Like that needs to be what you're playing for if you're at the very top and he's put himself at a bit of a disadvantage here, but just in general, I'll say that it's been a very fun start of the season. I think everybody's really engaged and uh, I think it's going quite smoothly. I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's just, he's building for the long run too. So, I mean, I, you know, he's going to take a, He's going to get a couple bites at the apple. So, yeah. yeah, there's no urgency with this team. He's got a lot of guys under contract for a lot more years. Um, and so, you know, even if he doesn't get the double buy this year, he's going to come into next year, you know, probably projected as the, the best team again, like he was at the start of the season. No question. It's, it's unfortunate, honestly, unfortunate for him that it hasn't really come together yet. I think he's he's probably disappointed and <laughs> you know, especially based on preseason expectations where this team is after six weeks. Yeah. But I, I expect better things from them going forward, I think. Uh well I think that's about it. I think let's we should uh wrap it up, but thank you guys for this and uh I think it's been a great conversation. Thank you again, Ian, for coming on and for putting these power rankings together. They are uh, one of everyone's favorite things to read every year, all year. I uh, really appreciate the work you put into it. Thanks, buddy. I had a great time and um, looking forward to doing this again soon and excited to hear you guys uh, put the screws on Mark uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great guest. I know that. Have a good day, guys. I'll see you later. I'm going to go because I, I think the baby's crying. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ian. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. See you later.